Welcome to another episode of 50 Shades of Shilamita with your hostess, Shilamita. I am super excited to bring you my guest today. It's not often that I get to meet my guests in person, let alone spend the last three days together. We had the most incredible time. Danielle Amos is a business and success coach. She is a top certified Proctor Gallagher Institute consultant, motivational speaker, lifestyle entrepreneur, and host of Prosperity Practice Podcast, which I will be on as well. Danielle is passionate about teaching entrepreneurs, leaders, and sales professionals all over the world that prosperity and success are truly about energy. And she is on a mission to help thousands create financial abundance through the power of thought and intentional action with a proven system of success. Please welcome Danielle Amos to the show. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Alameda, I'm so proud and excited to be here with you, especially after spending the weekend with you. I know you are so fabulous. First of all, you have the best wardrobe. I was loving all the things that you were pulling out. I was very proud of you for showing up in like your version of color neutral because (laughs) I struggled with no color. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to, to make sure that it was like flowy in the vibe and I don't always follow the rules. Yes, I like that because I'm usually a rule breaker, but I'm also a stickler for a theme. So it was a struggle for me in that situation. (laughs) Well, I I loved how you rocked the glam, the luxury. I feel like that should be your middle name. Thank you. You know, uh, I just got off of line two. Have you, were you on that call? Did you hear it? No. Okay. So they were saying how the two line is all about luxury. Like when a two line is out of alignment, that it means that they need like luxury. And at some point in my human design journey, I got a reading done. I don't know if it was gene keys, but like, I guess at certain phases of your life, the lines like shift mm-hmm. and you take on other lines. So I think the two is somewhere in there for me. I'm going to have to go back and take a look at that. But yeah, the luxury thing, although I've been living a luxury lifestyle for a while, it hasn't been something that I've really owned until like right now. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. I'm used to the luxury lifestyle on the other hand, I, I feel like I've owned it, but for me, there's been so many wins in the receiving of it and noticing the details of luxury and really noticing what's next level. Cause once you hit one piece of luxury, like even, you know, it might be like Prada you have, and, and here's the thing, luxury doesn't have to be the price tag uh, mm-hmm. and use right you know, a brand. So you, you might learn about like Prada or Gucci, the handbag, and then like behind closed doors, there's an even crazier level to that brand. And then beyond that and beyond that and beyond that. So I think for me, it's been so fun exploring that and finding my edge and where I'm comfortable and then going beyond and noticing how closely we tie these experiences of luxury with worth? Like, do we feel worthy of the 
luxury of the environment of the, you know, garment, the food, whatever it is, the service. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, when my husband and I first met, I was on food stamps. Like I did not grow up in a family with money. So luxury was something that seemed so out of my league forever. I didn't think I was ever going to hit that. And I remember the first time my husband took me out to dinner and I caught the bill and I think it was like $400 for dinner for two. And I almost had a panic attack, like right in that moment. Cause I'm like, I could buy dinners for me and my son for dinner entire month and, you know, feed my whole family. And with each level, and I've acquired my own wealth in my career as a, as an acupuncturist, but you know, there was, there's always this, well, is this enough? Do I have enough? Can I spend it there? People just think like, well, I'm going to have money and everything is going to be okay. But what they don't realize is that there's a lot of levels to actually peel back before you can get settled into having money. And even when you do, then it's like, is it enough? Will this be enough? Am I allowed to spend it? Totally. And here's the thing. I believe that there's never enough and not from a lack place. So what I mean by that is like allowing ourselves to continuously desire Hire more and more and more and not feel guilty of it. So just because you're successful earning millions and doesn't mean that this person over here does isn't or can't be like our success, our abundance, our prosperity doesn't take away from someone else's in right. fact. So, you know, there's the person on food stamps, the people around that person with abundance and money can actually support that person to rise up like you, right. like your husband did. And so I think there's just so much guilt that we feel from desiring more, but the desiring more is what is how the universe actually in God grows through us, through our desires, because desires are there for us to go after as goals and through going after them, we grow. And that growth is so important. And so if, like, if we cut off the desire, cut off wanting more money, just because of the guilt or the shame around it, what if it's like more money just amplifies, just magnifies the truth of who I am. And unless you're, you know, a jerk, which we're not, <laughs> then it would like, you know, the money just allows us to be more, give more, do more. Yeah, it took me a long time to really understand that and really be able to live through that. Even during the heart of COVID, um, you know, we never quarantined. We had to pivot. I went to go work with my husband and I would go to work at his warehouse and I literally took off all my diamonds. And I somehow felt guilty for having all the diamonds when people were suffering so badly. Yeah. And I remember the day that I like started to put my jewelry back on and I'm like, I am not responsible for this. And mm -hmm. if anything, like I've been trying to warn people about this. So like, I got to pull it together. Like me having is not the cause of what's happening. And I can't carry the guilt and the shame for everybody, which is what I think I was doing. I think yeah. I like, was picking up the collective guilt and energy and carrying that forth. So it's super powerful that you mentioned that. And I just got shivers as you explained that. So you were dimming your light, you know, the way that you were feeling, hiding it. And that's really common. You know, we do that to help others around us feel more comfortable. And the truth is when we do that, we're lowering our vibration to meet that where they are. In fact, though, I believe that the world needs us to rise and stay in our high vibration so that those that are ready and have the desire to be up there they have a chance to calibrate to that. So yeah. by being the light, right? Because if we constantly dim to meet, 
people where they're at, then there's no chance for us to be, for them to have an example in the world and to calibrate to that energy. So I really see it as part of my duty, if you will. I mean, that might be a strong word, but part of my purpose to show up with prosperity, with this mindset, with my light abundance, and it may trigger some and that's okay. And yeah. for those that are want it too, I'm here to show them that they can also have it. I didn't grow up with it as well. I've learned this, I've calibrated to it. And yeah. it really was something that that is learned. Like I learned to think a new way. It's interesting that you say that because when we were in Miami, somebody reached out to me, somebody that I know, I, I, I believe I know her through like the local community here, the crunchy community. And so she reached out to me a few weeks ago, asked me a question about growth. And then this weekend when we were in Miami, she said, you know, I've studied with Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, Daniel A. So, right. She gave me like a list and I was like, I was on her list. I'm in Miami with Danielle Amos. You have like this level of fame. I was like, oh, this is wonderful. You were on the list. I don't even think she knew that you were with me at that moment. I don't think like the photos and stuff started posting yet. So I want to know all the things like how did you get into the world of personal development and you're a protege of Bob Proctor and, you know, for those people that don't know who that is, if you could explain. So Bob is best known for his role in the movie, The Secret. That's where, you know, he was sort of discovered. However, when he passed, he had been, and he just passed about a year ago, year and a half ago at 87 years old, he had been studying the mind for over 60 years, about 63 years. And he was first introduced to mindset through the book, Think and Grow Rich, through his mentor, who was Earl Nightingale. And so the there's a long lineage actually from the book, which I have on my desk of this information. Um, and Bob was taught word of mouth. So Andrew Carnegie to Napoleon Hill, Napoleon Hill, to Earl Nightingale, Earl to Bob, and then Bob to myself. So I, uh, it was 2015 and I had been in network marketing for a couple of years. I quit my corporate job to become an entrepreneur. And I assumed that, and I, I had a good job. Like I was in food tourism on from the outside. Like it looked like I had made it. I had traveled for food and to meet chefs and like, it was incredible. And I still had this desire for more inside. Like I had a whisper saying like, you're meant to do more. And it was for me to work on my own. And I didn't really know what that looked like. And I followed the whisper network marketing knocked on my door I said yes and I assumed I'd be successful at that just like I'd been successful at all the other things I tried and I was not at all I really struggled I overworked I forced I sacrificed family time and the longer I was in it the more frustrated I got my mom introduced me to Bob Proctor she literally dragged me to a seminar and she said, you've got to come hear this guy. And I'm like, it, she, he, he teaches Think and Grow Rich. I'm like, mom, I've got the book. Like, I, I know this stuff. Well, I went anyway, and I sat at the back of the room with my arms crossed. Like I remember. And he said, your results never lie. If you don't have the results that you want, your way is not working. Mine is try mine. And I, it was like a punch in the gut. And I was like, well, my results aren't working because I'm earning about two grand a month. And I've been in this forever. People around me are earning 10,000 and I'm working like crazy. So I registered for his program. I didn't have the money. I borrowed credit cards for the deposit, which was a thousand dollars. My husband told me if I did it, that like, he would be really upset with me. Like I was putting our family in a difficult position. And I did it anyway. I couldn't explain it other than I knew I had to, and I knew what it would cost me if I didn't. 
And it just felt like this was the answer I had been looking for. Fast forward six months, which was the length of the program. I tripled my income. I started winning awards from my company. I was number three in Canada for recruitment. I was being asked to train for the company. I got invited to speak on stages. It just, it happened. It was such a crazy transformation that I then had a lineup of people asking me to help them. They saw me struggle, right? So that was real. And I decided then that I had to coach this material. It, and I jumped into becoming a consultant with Bob. And it, I, I wouldn't say it was fast success from there. I, However, once I started applying the material to, again to this business, it worked again. And I very quickly rose to the top. And by the time he passed, I was being mentored with, by him directly for a few years and was one of his top consultants and protégés now. So there were anywhere between five and 10 of us. And I often was between like one, three, two, three, five, you know? And it, I think the biggest thing for me is I can totally relate to the, the person who is overworking, thinking that it's hard work that pays off, but really it's not the work or it's not the strategy. It's the energy behind the strategy that matters most. And when I really experimented with that, so I'm a one th three generator. So we were talking about this. And so I love to experiment and apply the knowledge and then learn from my results after applying the concepts. And that's how I teach my clients. So like, I think applications key, well, I know applications key. So it was like just remarkable as I use my life as a big experiment. So you went off and now you do coaching. Do you do one-to-one -one coaching, group coaching? How do you work with people? Yeah. So a combination, I have self-study programs. I have uh, programs that are group and I still coach the original program that I took as a client, Bob's, because it works. This is one thing, you know, many of my colleagues have made their own programs and I've been asked over and over, why haven't you done that? Cause I still, you know, obviously I have to pay royalties to Bob, the foundation, but there's so much in that program, Shalamina, that, that I don't think we understand. Mm -hmm. Bob was such a master of the mind and he used all different techniques from NLP to hypnotherapy to like all, and it's all in there. So I just know that it's guaranteed results. So at this point, I don't believe that I know enough to recreate it on that level. So I, I still use it. And then I've created programs around money and feminine energy and leadership sales, that kind of thing to help alongside it. So that's the group coaching. And I have a close proximity mastermind as well as one-on-one -on -one clients. Although I'm a little picky with the one-on-one, -on -one, if you know what I mean. As you should be, as you should be. Well, I have to tell you that the secret was the catalyst in changing my life all those years ago when I was on food stamps. I had a friend come to my apartment and she was a new friend. She was from Australia. And we sat, we were chatting. My son was about nine months old. I was not happy in my relationship. I was not happy in my life. And she said to me, you you know, you're really a negative person. <laughs> and I was oh. like, Oh, okay. And I mean, you spent the weekend with me. I think that I, that wouldn't be what you would call me now. And those words that she said to me were so powerful because then the following thing she said to me was, haven't you ever heard of the law of attraction? So at that point I had heard of the law of attraction when I was 21 years old, I was also in a network marketing company and I was at their yearly conference or whatever. And at 
lunchtime, some woman said to me, you have to read the law of attraction. And so I bought the book at 21 years old. I think I read three pages and I put it on a bookshelf because there was no pictures in there. And I it, like did not <laughs> have interest at all. Right. So then she said to me, well, you have to read the secret. And I'm like, no, like you don't understand. I had every excuse, right? I don't like to read was my excuse. I don't like to read because I have like a little ADD, ADHD happening and I was never diagnosed and I didn't really know what to do with that. So then she says to me, well, you can listen to it on CD. So I get up and I go to my dining room and I actually had a six CD that in my apartment, the secret. What? I'm like, look, I'm like, I don't like listening to things. That was my second excuse. I don't like listening to things. So then she said to me, go buy the DVD. <laughs> She's like, I don't think you understand. And so I did. I bought the DVD. I remember this, like, as it was yesterday, sitting on my couch, watching the secret, like the part where it's like the kid that wants the bike and they're like, think of the bike and be grateful for the bike. Right. And I was like, you know what? I've got nothing else to lose. Like my life was so rock bottom at that point that I'm like, I'm just going to do this. And the secret said to make a vision board, to buy a journal and to start being grateful. And I got to tell you, being grateful was so hard for me Mm -hmm. because my life in the moment felt like so miserable that I didn't know to be grateful for like the simplest of things. The fact that I was wearing clean clothes, like there's people in this world that actually don't wear clean clothes, right? And the fact that I was living in a two bedroom apartment, even though I didn't like my, right? So it was like all of these little things all of a sudden had meaning. And every month when I would have to go pay my rent and I would be crying one minute because I didn't have the money. And then the next minute I'd be like, I'm so grateful for new clients. I'm grateful for new patients. I'm grateful for new opportunities. And like within 24 hours, the phone would ring an email would come through an opportunity would come through. And when I'm telling you, like, I would do these things called focus groups. I don't know if you guys have them in Canada, right? Where you can make like 50 bucks, 75 bucks by giving your opinion. Like I would get calls and they would be like, can you come do a focus group for $300? Like, boom, you know, we talk about magic money in the online space. And it was like, the money was magic. It was crazy. But now fast forward 15 years later, I'm really starting to understand manifesting on a whole nother level. So when you say that Bob really knew it and these principles where I really understand that because now that I have like time and space in my life, I really am like dissecting things and trying to figure out like, well, why did this work so fast? Like I manifested a beautiful luxury vehicle that is sitting in my driveway right now that I have not really spoken about because it's still kind of like, how did I do that? So cool. (laughs) And I realized that how I did that was that I literally detached myself from the outcome because I didn't think that it was a possibility for it to happen right now. So I was grateful for the vehicle and like I knew in my heart of hearts that one day I would have it. And so the day that my husband said, fuck it, I'm signing the lease on this car. And I'm like, what did you just say? Like, what car? (laughs) And it it was like so mind-blowing, right? And in 2017, I wrote a book about gratitude and manifesting. And now I'm rewriting it because six years later, I understand that even one small word 
shift the energy of everything that you're trying to receive. Completely. Well, every word has an energetic match. So I think about this and how we explain our current situations. For me, this is where it's most obvious in people's lives, because like right now in our physical world, as humans, we have a habit of talking about what's going on. And if we just pay attention to the way we're describing it, instead of describing so much of what it is or what we don't want, can we just change the wording so that includes the language of what we do want? The um, example I use, just really simple with my daughter, like for anyone that has kids, I mean, you know, when kids, young kids, and they just run off, my daughter used to run off in a parking lot, like all the time. And, you know, out of habit, I'd say don't run. And I'd just notice how I am encouraging more running by saying don't run. Like even that's talking about what I don't want. It's such a simple example. And how do we turn it around by using positive language? Like I would say like, Eloise, walk calmly, come back. You know, it's so easy and simple, but it just really shows you instead of saying, don't know what we don't want. So just the word run. It's like when people have a goal to get out of debt, it's the worst goal that they can have because they'll attract more debt. It is. It's so simple, but yet it's so hard to like grasp it before you're actually ready to grasp it. Right. Even like in the clothes that, that like the dress code, right. And you're like, well, I don't like to be told what to do. And I'm like, me neither. (laughs) You know, it's like, it sets like this limitation and this boundary on, right. Like there's so many neutral options in the world. But when I was like neutral only, and I'm like, there's no color. Right. And I was just focusing on the fact that there was no color instead of the abundance of neutrality. Yeah. Beautiful. So powerful. Mm-hmm. You, you definitely, you know, we didn't get a chance to like really sit and have like big conversations, you and I, but I would catch your wisdom and you are deep wisdom. And, and I would catch how you were talking to people and how you would, you know, shift like the energy of what they were saying. And it was really a beautiful thing to witness. So thank you for being you and for showing up in yourself and and delivering that. It really was amazing. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for noticing. I feel like uh, sometimes I'm an observer and then I notice something I'm like, Ooh, can't let that one go. (laughs) Like just got to get in there and course correct along the way. Yeah. And, and we shared, you know, very much when, um, when we were asked what our next level of, and what luxury means to us, I was very relatable with you when you said, you know, having the glam team and, you know, one of my manifestations is I am grateful that I can travel with a glam team. And what people don't understand is, is the how part. Right. And so I've put that out into the universe before. And, and two weeks ago, I was getting my hair done. I go to this salon where, you know, you can bounce around for your blowouts. And the one girl there was like, oh, I wish that I could go away for the weekend. She's like, I wouldn't even want to get paid. I would just do makeup for free to go away for the weekend. It was like light bulb, like a light bulb went off. (laughs) me and I'm like well if the trip is right like and I buy her a hotel room and an airline ticket she would be happy to do my makeup and there's my glam team right so it's like in the beginning it's like well how would I afford that how would I travel with people where would I put them how much would that cost me right but I never thought about the how I just kind of put it out there and it's worked with other things in my life I have a really great girlfriend who's a photographer and it's the same thing she she doesn't have a lot of money 
money. And so sometimes I will off her to take her with me places and I'll pay for her room and I'll pay for her food. And she's happy to like be in her element, take photos of me. And I have like my mini paparazzi with me. I love it. I love it. And you said something really important for everyone listening that the how you don't think of the how you put it out there and the how is not up to you. So this is how like we actually kind of mess things up because the what is up to us building the fantasy of what we want and the way that we want it, but not like not figuring out the the how. And often I think because of the way we are programmed, if we can't see the how we kind of ignore it. Like we put it aside. Ah, I can't, I don't know how, so I guess it's not going to happen. You know, I can even hear my parents saying, well, how are you going to get that? You know? So for you, you, you put it away and that's exactly what we teach. And then the opportunities show up. Now it's our responsibility to notice them. So, you know, you overheard your, or it was a conversation with the woman doing your blowout and ding, 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 ding. So then you notice the idea drop in your mind. Well, this could be my hair and makeup person. This is it. This is my possibility. And so when I was first on food stamps, <clears throat> it was the same thing, right? When you hear live as though you already have it, right? That was my favorite. Oh, this is great. Like how much? <laughs> supposed to live as well, right? Like we, we now know that I do love luxury, but you know how I did it? I got creative. And so in the beginning, I couldn't afford my weekly blowouts or it wasn't in my budget then, right? We have to yep. change the language, yep. but I found out that the hair school down the street was doing blowouts for $5. And so sometimes I would have to like scrape pennies literally by going and paying that $5 and being in that luxury vibe and letting somebody else wash my hair and blow dry my hair. I was putting myself into that scenario and then being grateful that somebody would blow me out every single week. And now I go and get blowouts one to two times a week. It's a part of my everyday life. And, and I always sit in such gratitude in that chair, you know, like coming from where I came from to where I am now. And what, there was never the how, you know, you could have never told me the how. It's so good. What you are saying is key. I think here's a task for everyone listening to write a list of all the things that they love to have from their goal achieved self. It's like, maybe it is weekly blowouts and then notice Maybe you won't do it as often as you want in the beginning, or maybe there's a version of it like you just described that you can get creative to do it and always do it in the energy of that goal achieved. I used to do the same thing. So I had a, for me, it was nails because I used to bite them and I didn't yet have the resources to invest in nails every couple of weeks. So what I did is at Walmart, they had press on nails. I, I don't know if you love them, but I like, I love them and they were $12 and I knew how to get three different nails out of them. Like I'd mix and match and I figured that out. So they would last me about six weeks, this one package. And I would sit there and do them and imagine I was at the salon. And every time I stroked my hair, I was like, this is, this is me with my goal achieved. Like, look at my incredible nails. I did the same thing with flowers. I had a goal to, and now I, I love lilies around my house. So fresh lilies and fresh bouquets. And in the beginning I would buy daisies for $5 and imagine that I was buying and had my house full of 
lilies. Yeah, and that's that's for the audience listening. That's the way to do it. That's where the manifesting magic comes in because you think it and you feel it and you put it out into the universe that it's yours, right? But then you're still living in your current reality. So you got to be creative. And I have to tell you, there's a school for everything. When I was in acupuncture school, we did acupuncture for, I think, $25 or $35. When I was in massage school, we did massage for $10. Wow. You know, like there's a school for everything and there's apprentices and there's people that need hours and they have to do their rounds and all the things. So there's always a way where there's a will, there's a way, right? It's really the truth. Yeah, it's so true. And I think, you know, so many people are quick to say, well, I can't afford that or living Mm -hmm. from the goal achieved self is not, or in this luxury space is not possible for me. And they just shut it off. And, and that's the miss. Something else on the flip side of what you said about writing down the things that you love. Mm. I also tell my clients to make a list of the things that they don't love Mm. and all the things like going to the post office, you know, like the mundane things that you're just like, God, I wish I didn't have to do this. And so early on, when my husband and I first met, my husband had money. I did not, but then my husband entered into a six and a half year divorce. So what people miss this part of our story is that for a while I did need to make money and my money mattered, but living a luxury lifestyle also mattered for me. And, you know, when my husband first met me, one of the first things he said to me, which is so weird, but he used to say to me, you're so hot, you're fertile. And I'm like, who says that? Like people don't say that like out loud. And he's like, I know, but I just want to impregnate you. And so I was a single mom for many years. So having more children was just like, not on like the agenda for me, unless I was going to have massive amounts of support, especially being a projector. Right. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm not having a baby with you unless we have a nanny, unless we have this. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But by the time I got pregnant, it was like the money was not there for all of the things. So I had made the list of the things that I didn't like to do. And when we were moving in together, our movers canceled. And one of my, my massage teacher actually was at my house and she overheard the conversation. She said, you know, my daughter and her friends will do anything for $10 an hour. She's like, you can have them come over here, help you move, help you pack, help you do all the things. And so we did, we hired like four or five of the friends to come over, whatever. And when we moved into the house, I said to my husband, do you think it would be okay if I brought back one of these kids to help me unpack? Cause I was pregnant and he was like, of course. And then when I was working, I started to realize, okay, well, I have an extra 50 bucks. That means I could get one of these kids to come to my house for five hours and to help me start doing some of these things that I don't like to do. Perfect. And so in my acupuncture practice, it would be for every patient I would get, it would be X amount of dollars that would equate in hours for people that I could hire out. And, you know, as a projector, I now understand that my not self theme is bitterness, but when it would come weekend time and the kids were in the pool, my husband was in the pool and everybody was having a good time. And I was washing dishes and doing laundry. I was literally cursing everybody out. I was a miserable human being to be around until the day I hired the person to wash the dishes and to do the laundry, right? Mm -hmm. So most people will say to me, well, I can't afford to do that. But at $10 an hour, 
starts to become more affordable, right? And obviously now I pay a lot more than $10 an hour, but because I can, right? But in the beginning, when you can't, there's somebody that's willing to work for anything, right? Like there's people out there who are hungry and it, it could feed your desire and then you expand yourself in order to grow, right? Totally, and you help them. It's a win-win. You it's just, it's win. about finding the right match for that. So good. I love this. I could talk about this stuff all day long, right? Because it, like, I just love to dissect it because at this point, you know, in the beginning, it was like, magic, magic, magic. And it's, st it's still magic. Like, I'm still like, whoa, like that just happened, you know? But then there's like the magic of living with another human who is just as good as manifesting, if not better. And then you use them as the path of least resistance to <laughs> things to happen, you know, like with the car, like I wouldn't have even thought it, but I, I brought it in front of his attention. And then it was an expansion move for him, right? Like when you said that you bought the Bob Proctor thing and you didn't have the money for it. I've done things like that too. Like when I was on food stamps and I decided to make the 50 or $60,000 investment to go to acupuncture school, not knowing how I was going to pay that back, not knowing if I was ever going to make a dollar off of that because the evidence of my life did not show a lot of success. But we need to make these big money moves to show the universe that we're ready. You know, so with the car, when he came home with the car, I actually couldn't enjoy it at first because wow. like all the stories came in like why would you spend that kind of money you could have spent that money somewhere else you could have done this you could have done that and I literally had to have a talk with myself and I'm like do not say these things out loud because my husband is in the process of his life right now where he's about to make this big move and so the car was a part of his expansion and I needed to recognize that for him and work through my own limitations and mindset to be able to uh, you know, we're both, we're yeah. both heading there. So that's really cool when you're with somebody who's on the same thing. But my question for you is, what do you do for somebody that's watching right now and they're, they're on our wavelength, right? They get it. They trust, they know that it's coming, but their partner is not partner thinks that they're crazy and their partner's like, stop spending the money and, and all the things. What kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I had that. So for me, I always share with clients to first put your own oxygen mask on first and mm -hmm. before you try to change someone else's opinion or uh, what they believe and instead prove it to them. So I had to say things to my husband, like you might not believe, but here is the thing I'm going to ask you to trust me and watch me go. And the the only thing I ask is that you just let me go. So that means like no comments about the progress. Like I let me go. Let me do this. I, and I know what I'm doing here. And that takes a lot of courage to say that and a lot of faith, but I'd, I'd recommend that you put your head down, put earmuffs on and do the work to manifest and to show up and literally prove it. What I find is that if you can be the best example and keep your mindset straight and continue to, to work and, you, you know, manifest the way that we know and read the books and be surrounded by people also doing this and believing this and with a coach or mentor and that kind of thing, like those are super important. Then the results don't lie in your life. Like Bob Proctor first said to me, they'll start to show up. And before you know it, the people around you will start asking questions and notice that it's working for you. But rather than trying to explain it or convince someone through words, allow it to 
to actually show up in your life. And don't worry about what they say. Like literally I have a pair of earmuffs right now that I show my clients. Like, this is what we do. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I always say that. I always say to quiet the outside noise because people yeah. are not living on your level. And even with my own husband, my, my husband thought I was crazy for many, many years. And I'm so grateful that when I hired my first coach that I had the money to do it from my own gain, you know, and, and it was prove it. And I proved it. I proved it to him. And now, you know, when I'm like, I'm not spending $30,000, like he doesn't even, he doesn't even flinch because I've probably spent 200,000, maybe more on personal development at this point. And it's like, it always does something better. I've literally transformed as a human being. I used to be angry, bitter, negative, like it, it like was a way down, you know, and now I'm like this bright light of fun. (laughs) And here's the thing, we continue to collect on the investments we make. So it's not always an immediate return. However, if you can just stay open, I guarantee that from our Miami experience, for example, we'll, we'll get a return on that for many years to come because of the lessons we learned. So I think that that's really important to just stay open to the ROI because you are definitely the best investment you'll ever make. The second thing, um, you said something about, oh, I I wanted to mention this about your husband. It feels like he's an unconscious competent. So because of his success. So what I mean by that is he may be conscious now of success principles because of who you are and bringing it to his attention and living with you. It's, feels like he already knew this and it, and it just was habitual for him. So I love that. I think you're such an incredible match because you're bringing consciously to what he's already practicing these things or he wouldn't have, have had the success that he had. I love that. Like in a couple, it's such a gift because once he becomes consciously aware of the principles and what you now teach and coach, gosh, he's like unstoppable. Well, what's interesting is that he's a two line too. Mm. And so what I learned today is a two line is a compass, right? And a compass doesn't see the direction themselves. A compass needs somebody to see it for them. So that's who we are to each other, which is so beautiful. Like, and yeah. and now understanding it, you know, because I always joke around with him and I'm like, did you know that when you met me and I was a damsel in distress that I would be all of this? <laughs> and he was and- like, I love it. And just think of the attraction, the two of you. Like, I just, I love thinking about that and how it's just such a match for ultimately what you both were desiring. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because my husband had a wife when we first met and when it happened very quick in the beginning, within two weeks of being together, he was like, I'm leaving my wife. And I'm like, you can't do that because I was on this spiritual journey where I had just gotten my second Reiki attunement and I was a healer and all these things. And I'm like, this is like the ultimate sin, or at least like, that's what we're taught, right? That this is like an ultimate sin. And I'm like, you have to go fix things. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Like I've been manifesting you. And I'm like, you know, and he was like, yeah. And the minute I knew that he was the one for me is my whole life was shifting into this gratitude, right? I ended up branding myself as the goddess of gratitude. And we met on a Tuesday and that Friday I was going to Miami and I somehow convinced him to meet me in Miami. And so when he showed up to Miami on Monday and we walked into the hotel room together, the first thing he said was, thank you. And I was like, how is this happening? And you know, what's interesting is when I first met my husband, he was very much overweight and 
And he, he's not even somebody that I would have had a conversation with a month prior, right? It was like the growth of who I was becoming. And had you told me the day before I met him that I was going to meet a guy who was 47 years old and end up spending the rest of my life with him, I would have been like, ew, that's so old. <laughs> Careful. I'm about to be 47. <laughs> Right, but but this is just to show people yeah. how immature I was in my thinking, but also on the flip side, how my emotional intelligence was already growing. Because when we met, it was love at first touch. It's like when he touched me, there was like this electric energy that like just matched between us. And it was like the outer layer all of a sudden disappeared. And it was like, this is ev everything you've been asking for is right here in front of you. If you could just get past the ego part of like, if he's not a certain look, he's not single. He's not right. It's like everything that I thought that it needed to be. So it, it's, it's a huge, you know, I, I did an interview the other day and I said, wealth currency to me right now is my emotional intelligence. It's like, I've been with him for 12 years. We've had money along the way, but I never felt wealthy until now because of who I've become. Right. And it's like the fact that like, I can have a conversation with somebody and not agree with them and not have to react or, or not be nice to them. Or, you know, like I used to walk into a room and feel like I needed to be the center of attention. And now I can just sit back and observe until like the moment for me to shine my light appears, you know, and it's like, that's wealthy to me because totally. it's like Jeez. such a peaceful way of living and freedom. And it feels like it's over flowing like your cup's so full that it just overflows and there's no need to show up a certain way or no need to which needs lack right it's like when there's a moment you'll know it and then the desire will ping you and that desire is abundance I feel like that's just so beautiful I love it and that's growth and it's not like I was thinking as you were describing like there's nothing wrong with the way that you were showing up it's just it's growth and then and recognizing it, right? Yeah. It's like the recognition of it because a lot of people, they don't recognize that within themselves. And this is where the human design piece is so potent and important because, you know, Amy Elizabeth says, you know, your, your superpower is also your worst enemy, right? Yeah. Like the thing that is the best part about you is the thing that like causes you the most shame and guilt and all these ill feelings. So that's yeah, what's how you sabotage too. So this is so great. Danielle, where can people find you if they want to look for you online? The best is Instagram. So I'm at the Danielle Amos and reach out DM and it's me in there. So I'll get back to you right away. Awesome. And if they want to find out about your classes, courses, working with you, is Instagram the way to go? Instagram is pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And for those of you that are just tuning in for the very first time watching the show, welcome. My name is Shilamita. You can find me at www.shilamita.com. It's S-H-I-L-A-M-I-D-A. I also hang out on Instagram at 50 Shades of Shilamita. That's where I story. And I also have a goddess underscore of underscore gratitude page if you want to go stalk my former life. And if you are listening to the show on your favorite podcast, 
podcast station, you can go watch the show at 50 Shades of Shillometer on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, come check out our other channels. You can also find me on Facebook. Thank you so much to Danielle for joining me today. I put out a new show every Wednesday and every Friday. I have the most amazing guests, as you can see today. We talk about all the things that regular people are not talking about. Danielle, any last thoughts or wisdom for the people listening? Well, not so much wisdom yet. I just want to say how much I absolutely adore you. Recording this podcast with you, this discussion, I'm like, oh, I now want to go back to Miami and have more time with you. I just love you. Your energy is incredible. And I love the deep conversations and just the, the stories that you have. Thank you for being such an incredible light in this world. Thank you. I love you. Thank you for seeing me. That means the world to me. My words of a bit of, of for everyone listening would just be expect abundance. You always get what you expect. So please expect it. It's right there for you. Abundance is your birthright. Oh, I love that. That's a powerful way to end. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.